I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Tuesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. It's presented by Cadillac, the official luxury vehicle of the New York football Giants. Thank you so much for being with us on today's program. It's Howard Cross, Super Bowl champ at Howard Cross 87, and myself, Paul Tatino, at Giants WFAN. And we'll be with you now for the next hour to talk Giants football. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. You can always find us on Twitter at hashtag GiantsChat. And as a reminder, you can find an archive of this show and our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcast. Howard, the Giants uh, finished up their season on Sunday with a really impressive <laughs> victory over the Philadelphia Eagles here at uh, MetLife Stadium. And, you know, talking to a lot of players, and we all know how there's not necessarily carryover one season to another. That's so many right. people want to believe that, but there's really not. Mm-hmm. But what a lot of players said after the game, and, I, and I, it's important to get your take because you were in so many locker rooms during your career. Guys like Bobby Okereke said, you know, it helps you digest and chew on the offseason a little bit better when you go out with a victory. Yeah, I think I think more of it is probably they were so close in so many games, right? They they four games came down the, to the final possession. Final possession, four games. Those four games could have changed the whole the, the outlook of the entire season. They could have been like in the playoffs right now and, and still still playing. We're talking about uh, three-point games, like a field goal here, uh, a missed field goal there, anything. You, you just never know. So going out, playing against – and Bobby Okereke is, is really starting to get the feel of – you're playing against your rival, the Eagles. They're right down the road. You don't like them. You can feel why you don't like them. And all of a sudden, uh, you hear, you've hear you heard so many times how many times they beat you in a row and all these different things. You just got in the door, and all of a sudden you, you, you're hung with a, a losing streak against one team, and you finally beat them. You're part of the group that beat them for after so long. Yeah, it helps you all out season a lot. It makes everybody feel a lot better. They're they're excited about you know the fact that they beat them. They can all give hugs and stuff. Hey, see you soon. Makes you feel like you need to get back to work. 
really soon because you're just that close to doing what you really wanted to do. I think one of the things that, uh, you know, John Mara always stressed when he goes out to practice every day and watches uh-huh. uh, throughout the course of the season and never misses. I mean, unless he's on league business when he can't be here, mm-hmm. uh, you always look for how is your team working and preparing? How is your team paying attention to the coaching staff? How is your team doing their homework, working on the plays? I was saying something, Howard, the other day that after practice every day, even up until the final week of the season, there were guys with their their electronic video pads Uh looking over the practice video at their lockers during their lunch period while the media was coming in to talk to them. Uh These guys were putting their, their nose to the grindstone Right to the very end, and I, and I, I just want to stress that, folks, because that's one of the most important qualities that front offices look for when they figure out how to judge a team. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, the world's different now. Like, in the past, like, everybody would be huddled in a, in a room and watching tape. Yeah. <laughs> and now they don't tape? have to. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> yeah, now they can sit there and look at their. Sign-up movies, Howard? Their, 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 their Microsoft Windows, and they can sit there at their, at their, at their, on their stools right in front of their locker and, and, and watch the entire practice. You can watch games itself. You can watch assignments You can if, if something's going on. And remember, like, football has evolved, right? and they don't practice anymore uh, full speed uh, with pads and hitting and going through every technique. So now you have to like mentally get yourself prepared to, okay, he's going to be coming from this angle. This is the technique he's using. And and you got to look at it over and over and over again. Uh, You have to visualize a lot of stuff because it's just the way that's the way they're teaching now. And when you get to this level, so it's not like the Alabamas or the Michigans or whoever in the world where these guys got 150 guys in, in practice and then go out and practice and hit each other. They don't do that. So you have to use you have to be able to visualize, watch watch the clips and understand what you're looking at and, and why you're doing what you're doing. Trying to make sure you understand the calls and and work. You know, if a guy's motioning, where's he motion to? If a guy, you know, feathers a blitz, is he coming? Is he not coming? What you're looking at, and you got to look at it a bunch of different times in the bunch with a bunch of different against a bunch of different teams. And I really bring this up because it was such a high level of execution. Uh, in all phases of the game against Philadelphia Mm -hmm. that allowed the Giants to truly dominate that game from start to finish, even though the Eagles, you know, they had most of their starters in almost to the end of the first half. Mm -hmm. And then they started to sub some guys out. But the Giants totally dominated that game. And Howard, do I dare say it was their highest level of execution during the entire course of the season? I think from an offensive standpoint especially, yeah. I think mm-hmm. that the offense was able to, you know, stay in front of those guys, keep them, keep them uh, occupied. Which the Eagles have been the bullies on, on the block for a while, but they weren't the bullies on the block in the last two games, and especially the last game. The Giants' offensive line did a good job holding up. Uh, you had Thomas, uh, you had Thomas uh, playing at left tackle, and no one else in their right position. <laughs> And, but they still found a way to, you yeah. know, to, to pull together to get it done. They gave Tyrod just enough time to, to get the ball out. If he wasn't getting the ball out, he was able to scramble around and then get the ball out. Those are the things you want to see. Um, there wasn't a lot of holding, a lot of you know, negative plays, which, which helped the team out. They, they, were, they were very successful on the first down plays. Mm-hmm. And when you're successful in your first down plays, the second and third down, they look a lot better and look a lot easier to to, to have, make plays on. And then on the defensive side of the ball. Three more takeaways. They did a great job taking the ball away. Um, I think, you know, the, I, someone told me, oh, yeah, the skill of punching the ball out. You saw how they did it on Brown. I'm like, no, 
They fell on Brown's legs, and he let the ball go. <laughs> he was done. I felt bad for him at that moment. I mean, I'm not laughing that he let the ball go because he got hurt, but I was, I was like that. I felt bad for him instantly, and I'm like, man, he should even be in the game right now. And they, they, they immediately took him out, took him to the locker room. The interceptions by McKinney, the, the one on the sideline was just – he looked like a wide receiver. He just yeah. he looked exactly like yeah. the wide receiver, did a toe tap, everything. And then the, the other play coming in, Mariota just throws the ball to him. They, they read the, the wide receiver screen. And he, I always thought to myself, and I'm, I'm like, why don't the guys just run up and catch the ball? It just looks like a play that if he turns, right? if, he, if this guy stands up and he stops and the other guy takes off, just run in that angle. <laughs> and it seems like you would run and just catch the ball. And McKinney did. I'm like, that's what I've been thinking about for like two years of watching this. Go. So it was pretty cool to see that happen. And no special teams. Great returns. Did a good job returning the ball. Yeah, and for you sure. Got, you got to like you got to like all phases. You know, they they first time maybe for the entire season they had total complimentary football. They did a good job. It really was. So I just wanted to give you a chance to talk about that because I know it's a couple of days old, but you know Howard's part of our radio crew working on the sidelines during the game, and it's important to get the different perspective that he had. And it really was a feel good day yeah. for the Giants and their fans. Uh, folks, a couple of quick announcements. Uh, Giants Huddle Podcast. You can make sure to subscribe to it. It features long-form interviews with Giants players, coaches, front office staff, past and present, all kinds of NFL analysts from around the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can subscribe to your favorite podcast platform or go to Giants.com slash podcasts. If you go to Apple Podcasts, try to leave a five-star review because uh, that will help the ratings for the program. Also, you can take your fandom to the next level with a Giants season ticket membership and stay connected to the team all year round, not just on game days. Memberships are now available for the 2024 season. We already flipped the calendar, Howard. Yep, it is 2024. Yep. To learn more all about exclusive member benefits, visit Giants.com slash tickets. Breaking news item, just as we were opening the program, the Titans have relieved uh, Mike Vrabel, their head coach, of his duties. Uh, again, it's always a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately job, right? Yeah. And, and Vrabel, who's had a, a pretty good run there in Tennessee, um, they did not make the playoffs this year, and um, he's now uh, – uh, I think he played with three quarterbacks this year. Two, three. It was a mess. Yeah, so it, it, it happens, right? So they're trying to trying to get better as a team, trying to figure some things out. But let me tell you something. Uh, that guy's going to have a job real soon. He, he, he has a great culture that he builds with his team. These guys play really hard for him, and I'm, believe me, he, he'll have a job soon. So there will be some teams probably calling him right now. Yeah. Finally, uh, Giants TV is the official connected TV streaming app, which brings you all original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to Big Blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire TV and the Giants mobile app. Our phone number. 201-939-4513. We're here to talk Giants football for the next hour or so. And uh, let's see if we can get to the phone lines. Pearson, dial us up. Let's see who we've got first. It's uh, Hugo in New Jersey is on line one. Hello. Hey, good afternoon, guys. What's going on? Hey, hey uh, just uh, maybe a quick reaction to this uh, Vrabel news. You know, it really is, uh, you know, a result oriented business and uh, you know uh, it's official that we let uh, Bobby Johnson the offensive line coach go and yes. uh, you know I, I'm a student of history and it, it, it's just what happens I, re- I remember Pat Flaherty had a tremendous track record of developing offensive linemen here with the Giants and the front office drafted Eric Flowers Eric Flowers didn't develop and they let Pat Flaherty go and since then it's been musical chairs of offensive line coaches but it's just what happens in this business, fair or unfair. It's just 
to be expected, right? So just just, just a comment about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, proud of the effort uh, against the Eagles. Paul, uh, you may recall, I, w- I was the crazy one during the summer who said, we would likely sweep the Eagles this year, I think was the yeah. language I used. <laughs> and you guys and you guys thought I was crazy. Uh, I honestly think had Tyrod Taylor started the game in Philly, uh, my uh, bold prediction uh, might have come true. So uh, pr- proud of the effort and very disappointed in Sirianni, by the way, because the talk out of Philly was they were going to score a board watch the uh, Commander-Dallas uh, game. At halftime, that game was still in question. You know, we made them surrender because we were injuring some of their guys, beating them up, and and I think we were doing psychological damage to their confidence. So he threw in the the towel, uh, and that's very disappointing. And that I don't think it bodes well for them going into the playoffs. Anyhow, I think to uh, clarify, Hugo and and Howard, uh, maybe you can also chime in here. You were on the field, so you probably mm-hmm. did see the scores flashing on the board. I think when the Eagles started to take out a few of their key players, at the time, Dallas was up 14-10. to 10, And it was I, just I, before I halftime right. for I, the Giants. I, I'm, I'm just going to say... If, and the if Giants he, were up 24 nothing. If he was in, going into the game and he was saying he's going to take his players out, if, it like they weren't, if they didn't have a chance to win the, the East, then he did the wrong thing. That's why guys got hurt. Because guys were looking at the scoreboard themselves like, oh, how long are we going to keep us in here? And that's just not the way you want to go into a game playing a game. So if he said that, if if he did that or if that's part of of what happened in Philly, I feel bad for the the Eagles uh, players because that's not a fair way for them to be coached. And that's not a fair way for them to be, you know, I mean, that's just not the way you do it. Like, you, you play at full speed, at full tilt all the time because that's the only way to stay safe when it's you're dang- playing. Yeah, it's dangerous yeah, it's if you do don't. It. Only I, way to I do agree. it. Okay, Hugo, I second agree. point. Uh, second point I wanted to make a, a sort of off-season plan. And, I, you know, my, my view is if at all possible, if the right players are there, uh, you invest in the trenches first. Mm-hmm. So what I, would, what I would like to see done in the off-season is to bring in free agents in the following slots. I'd like to see two guards come in, maybe one high-priced guard and one kind of more kind of a middle mid-level free agent guard and then have that mid-level guy kind of compete it with Azudu and whoever else they might draft or whatever. Um, so two guards, an edge player, and a three technique. And then I always think, you know, you – Taken at six in the draft, I think there's going to be a, a, at least a couple of receivers that are could come in on day one and be your your number one receiver. Uh, the guy from uh, LSU, Malik Neighbors, and mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the guy from Washington, Rome uh, it, Marvin Harrison is not going to be there, but Rome Adunze, or Adunze, I guess is how you pronounce it, or or perceived to be high level um, high level prospects. I also wouldn't mind. Looking at Joe Alt, the uh, mm. the tackle from Notre Dame, mm-hmm. um, in that in that slot, and maybe going for a receiver in the second round. So that that would be my plan, <laughs> in a very general way. We'll mm. we'll see, uh, you know, what kind of players shake out and uh, what kind of what their price tags are. And, and can I can I say one thing that yeah. I, now that I have uh, Howard on on the line? Okay. Uh, you know, Howard, next year will be the Giants' 100th anniversary. Okay. As a team, and I'm and I'm sure there's going to be lots of festivities, including some Ring of Honor festivities. And let me be 
uh, let me go on record here publicly to say you should be the headliner for that induction <laughs> as a tribute to That's no seriously nice. as a tribute to uh, as a tribute to durability, toughness, and dominating the trenches. And and, and you know they usually don't induct one guy. I would like to see a couple of your t- your teammates and two time Super Bowl champions go in: Mark Collins and Bardo, to maybe you know Jeff Fiegel's. That I think that would be a great class but i think you should be the headliner and, and i don't I, I think it's underappreciated how much you contributed to putting that uh super bowl 25 trophy in the case um you you made some catches when hostetler bootleg to keep drives alive and you know there used to be this show primetime on espn with chris berman and todd mm-hmm. jackson and i remember mm-hmm. when they did the review of the super bowl they said oh that tricky howard cross <laughs> yeah, that's funny <laughs> So, so I, I hope from I from a long time giant really from I'm, a long from a long time giant fan. I don't know if there's people in the front office listen to this stuff. Uh, let, let me say, I would love to see that. Great I, stuff. I Hugo. really Thank appreciate you. the Hugo. That's very nice for you to say. That was well, very all, nice. all of us here appreciate Howard yeah. for sure. And and I got to see every snap of his career <laughs> here. So trust me, I appreciate it even more than others. Oh, that's um, nice. Appreciate it. You, you know what, Howard? Uh, the the one thing uh, he mentioned about the free agency, though. Uh, I think we should at least make a quick comment about mm-hmm. you only have so much money. You oh, know, yeah. There's only so much cap room. And Absolutely. I appreciate the fact that he's targeting some areas he'd love to see. Mm-hmm. The Giants are going to have to split up their their filling of those needs, be the draft and through free agency. Mm-hmm. Now, how would you feel? Let, let's assume for a minute, and, and, and maybe I'm, I'm being a little bit too assuming here, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the Giants could use some help on both lines yeah. in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh they would love to have maybe, maybe a big play wide receiver. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and that's where it starts for me. Those are the two things you've got to address like quickly. Offense and defensive lines and wide receiver. Well, it's three things. Three well, things. Well, you have to think of it. If you're going to do it financially. Where, where would you spend your if, money? If you're going to do it financially, the first thing you have to do, you've got to figure out if you can keep McKinney in the house. Right, that's mm-hmm. the first thing you'd have to do. Then you got and, and Saquon, and you got to figure out if you're going to be able to keep those two guys. That's a lot of money to, to be committed, right there. No doubt. So if you can figure out what you can do with those two guys right off the bat, then you got them. Uh, as the draft goes, you got quarterback, quarterback, uh, possible receiver. Uh, maybe I, I don't know if the third guy's going to be a receiver or not. Could be a receiver. It could mm-hmm. be quarterback, receiver. Uh, quarterback, or it could be receiver, quarterback, quarterback. I don't know, but those. I think that's going to be the kind of the thing. I think number four will probably be the tackle, Joe Alt. Uh, I think number five will probably you be the quarterback because you're someplace for Notre yeah. Dame. He's a pretty you, good can player. You, can you give people a quick thumbnail? He's, he's, he's a good see? player. He's got good feet. He does. He's a you know big power guy. Uh, they did a great job running the ball this year, so he got a lot of time running the ball. Uh, pass protection. I thought he did decent. I don't think they had. Or played against anybody with any, you know, extremely big time pass rushers off the edge that that mm-hmm. really tested him. So I thought he did a good job in pass protection. I'm not really sure how many, uh, you know, losses he would have. I think he had a lot more wins, but I know he had a lot more wins, but not that not that many losses. And you know, as coming out, they're grading him and, and saying that he's one of the best uh, tackles they've seen in a while. So. Notre Dame's known for their offensive linemen coming out and doing a good job, and their tight ends, of course, but they've done a good job with this guy. He's he's going to be a good player, a good NFL player, definitely. All right, good stuff. 201-939-4513 is our phone number here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. We go to line two. James in Georgia, you're next on the program. Hello. Hey, what's going, what's going on, guys? Hey, Hi. James. 
Happy New Year. Um, Happy New Year. Actually, building a bed right now. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to you know, talk about, you know, the game. Not really uh, so much of, we finally got a chance to beat the Eagles, so that's good. Always getting a win is good, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, I'm going to try to call back tomorrow because I have some more points about um, Wilson, who called about a call that I made. <laughs> and is a John is a John in the office right now? No, he's not in here right now. Okay, because he had, he had agreed with Crazy Wilson about you know how to pick a quarterback or whatever. So I I'll, I'll leave that one for John to defend himself. You know <laughs> okay. what I mean? But um, okay. you know we we had a good season. It didn't turn out the way we wanted it to. But like Howard was just saying, you got to take care of the in the in house guys first. Spend spend that money first on the. Isaiah Simmons and, uh, you know, McKinney's of the world. And then, you know, Barkley. And then, uh, you know, I've been pounding the table for Jaden Daniels. I'm going to keep on doing it. He'll probably be somewhere in our range. So, you know, if you put a, a good young quarterback in the, in the room as your plan B, you don't got to start if, you know, if Jones is ready. But, Everybody keeps saying yeah. if he's ready. Not, I, I keep telling everybody, yeah. I'm like, you don't know what that means. He's not, yeah, right, right. <laughs> and general manager Joe Shane not. said the same thing. Man, I'm you telling you. You don't know. That, you have that, to plan as if he won't be ready for opening day yeah. and then be pleased if he is. Because that, right? That, that, whole, right. that whole running and, thing, when you get your knee done, let me tell you from a guy who had his knee done, that is not fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, um, you know, it's, it's sad that uh, we started cutting bait with a couple of our coaches and, I'm mad that Wink had the dang on. I thought he was talking about Philly with the 24, uh, with the 24 playbook, but you know, apparently he was he was talking about his, you know, his time with us. But if if you got um Leslie Frazier, I, I don't know if y'all seen what he uh, his comments on um NFL Network yesterday. He was on there on uh, Total Access, but Leslie Frazier's out there. He you know he's available. Him and uh, Dayball, you know, worked together before. So oh, we we don't have any. I know idea, we don't have any idea what what actually is happening. We're just like you. We're just listening to to, to people talk. That's it. Pre- appreciate <laughs> the phone call. Yeah. Thank thank you so much. Yeah. We we have seen the reports uh, that Wink Martindale intends to resign. There's been no official statement by the team, and therefore there's really nothing else for us to say right now. But uh, we'll go back to the phones and Jonathan and Westchester. Sorry about that, letting you go like that. But yeah, that, yeah that's, just, there's we, really there's nothing there's else. Not, we can't really talk about it. We don't know anything. Those aren't waters <laughs> that uh, we, we have any information about. Yeah. Jonathan uh, from Westchester is next on the show. Hello. Hey guys, how's it going? Great. Good to speak with you again. So I wanted to talk today actually about the 2022 Giants draft. Uh, so it's interesting at the time. I think for a lot of people, the head scratcher. That year was what the Giants did in round two. And so I went back and I looked at this. Uh, Originally, the Giants' second-round pick was the 36th overall pick. And the Giants traded down twice in the second round, first with the Jets' two spots to pick 38 Mm -hmm. to acquire pick 146, and then with the Falcons, another five spots to pick 43 to acquire the 114th overall pick. And so with pick 43, the Giants took Wondell Robinson, Okay. And then with the two picks that the Giants got in the trade, uh, 114, they took Dane Belton, and with 146, they took Mika McFadden. So you fast forward to 2023, at least the, you know, the end of 2023, 
And, you know, you have some of the biggest contributions, I think, coming from those three players. You know, Wandell caught uh, five passes for 85 yards against Philly in the last week. Yep. Finished with over 500 yards receiving. Absolutely. Uh, James Belton, yep. Belton intercepted two passes and recovered a fumble against the Rams a few weeks ago and made six old tackles and had a sack against the Eagles. And I saw McFadden uh, finish the season with over 100 tackles, had 101 tackles. And PFF gave him an elite 90.5 grading uh, rating against the Eagles. So, I guess you know my point. My point here is that um, well, a few things. First, you know, it looks like Shane, Shane did a good job, uh, and he deserves credit. Um, second, you know, those knee-jerk reactions to the draft are often dangerous. <laughs> and 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 third, for me, you know, this is another example of uh, how trading down and accumulating picks is often likely the right way to go. So I wanted to get your thoughts, especially on that last last idea, you know, of, um, you know, when in doubt, trading down. Thank you, Jonathan. Appreciate it. Well, the, the reason why trading down to, to get picks works for you is that, one, the guy that's available, the guy that's coming up next, you don't have the highest grade on. And instead of you, quote, unquote, passing on him, somebody might really want him. And you never tell somebody you, you're, you're going to pass on him. You're like, oh, man, you, you look as intrigued as possible to make sure that people want, want to come up. When they come up, they usually have to <laughs> give you something for coming up, and you get more picks. And then the thing that the, the – the evidence of what happens in that moment is that once you get more picks, you can fill your team with rookie contracts. And you can do, you, you with rookie contracts, you have more money to spend on, on a veteran player if you need to keep a guy, if you need to bring a guy in. With the more rookie contracts you have, the easier it is to, to navigate the, the salary cap and to build your team. Well, in addition to that, the first two years of Joe Shane's regime, he did not have a plethora of, of available funds mm -hmm. under the cap. So he knew he was going to have to maximize yep. uh, the, the number of picks he could get his hands on so that he could just have a quantity of young players. Yep. Yep. You know, maybe at this point, after two years of the new administration, he may want to adjust that a little bit because we know the Giants had one of the youngest starting lineups on mm -hmm. both sides of the ball in the league this year. So they have young legitimate talent that they're trying to move forward with. Mm -hmm. Maybe he'll be a little bit more leaning no. towards picking up a veteran or two. No. He might. No. I'm, we I'm, don't know. I'm going to say probably. We don't know. Well, I'm going to say they're going to stick with the same process. I think it takes time to build an organization and, and to get enough guys in to, to do what you really want to do and get your vision put together. Let me ask you and, this then. And, wait, oh, and, ahead, and the reason ahead. why I know that this is, is what he's going to have to do is because you can't build a team in two years. You can't. It takes about four years to get your team. It's almost like a college. You know, it takes four years to get all your guys in, so to speak. And that's what, that's, what, that's the process it takes. All right. Now, let me ask you this, though, mm -hmm. because we've had people say that, okay, the Giants would like to uh, enhance the competition on the offensive line. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes perfect sense, obviously. So the question becomes, do you draft offensive line or do you go after that one big ticket guy as an offensive lineman because you don't have to wait for him to develop? Mm. Because if you're going to retain Jones and Barkley as focal points of your offense, do you really have the luxury of waiting for a young guy to develop over the next three years? Because I remember something, Howard, and, and you'll remember this very well too. When the Giants years back, prior to the 2000 season, they brought in 
uh, Dusty Ziegler. Mm -hmm. They brought in Lomas Brown, mm -hmm. and they brought in uh, Philip uh, uh, Glenn Parker. Glenn Parker. Glenn Parker. They signed three veteran offensive linemen in one swoop. All three guys started on the offensive line, and the Giants went to the Super Bowl. Yep. So where do you weigh the mixing along that offensive line of maybe getting an established veteran as opposed to waiting to develop a guy? It, it, it doesn't uh, – okay, first off for the draft, you draft the best player that, that, that's there when you get ready to draft. You never pass on talent. You may not need the guy. Mm -hmm. But if you get a really good player at, at some position – you bring him in because he will, you know, vet out and be able to play eventually. And like probably at a high level, he might be able to move and play somewhere else. That's number one. Number two, to bring guys in. To bring guys in back in the day wasn't as ex expensive as it is today. No doubt. So now when you're thinking about setting a team up and you're going to bring some guys in, it's like it's guns for hire. And got to remember that, yeah, we went to the Super Bowl that year. We did a good job. And the following year, what happened? Uh, the line got old. It was old. We brought in old guys, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, the, and the performance went went yeah. in the other direction. Their they were on the back nine. Their bodies. Okay, you their like body, that back yeah, nine? Yeah, I know you're yeah, a golf guy. Yeah, yeah. That back nine is definitely <laughs> where, where they were. I was on the back nine myself. So I'm just saying, like, you just got to realize that it, the guys are good. And they'll come in. They'll give you the best shot. It, it's kind of like what the Rams did. You kind of sell your soul for a minute in hopes to get to the Super Bowl, and if you can, you can win it. But after that, if there's an aftermath, what happens after that? It takes some time to, to weed through and, and rebuild your team because those guys, they come in and give you their best shot. They may be pro bowlers for that year. The following year, they, they're not going to have as much in the tank as they had the year before. And the, and the year after that, you know, you sign them to like a two- or three-year deal. You're not signing them to like five-year deals. You, you're coming in and right. you're usually giving them like, hey, can you play a year? Can you play two years? Give me all you got. We're going to take care of you is the term they used to use. Uh, now, guys, if they move, they're not really getting beat up in practice, as people would say. Uh, so they should have one good year in them. But I tell people this all the time. If you're kind of, the best ability is availability, if you bring a guy in, especially a veteran, he needs to be a guy that never misses games. Because if he's going to miss some games, if he's missed games in the past, you wasted your money. Yeah, he's going to miss games. He's going to miss games again when he comes to you. Yeah, Parcells used to call them hold the fort guys, <laughs> the, the veterans who you would bring in and they give you a year or two. They will hold the fort guys. That's what Bill used to say all the mm -hmm. time. All right, we go to Joe from Pennsylvania on line two. You're next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hi, Joe. Hey, Joe. Hi, hi, Paul. There. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I was very pleased with the Eagles' win. You know what I mean? You mean and the win that, over the Eagles? <laughs> it was not an uh, Eagles. Uh, I know. I very, I'm busted on you. Very pleased with that. It was there, a uh, fun day. Yes, really. Uh, my my uh, question is: I know we're picking number six now, and it just it uh, uh, it just seems that that there's going to be players there at the positions we need, like receiver, mm -hmm. uh, offensive line, and possibly quarterback. They're all, they're all going to be there, everybody. They're, mm -hmm. they're pitching a party at and, six. And, and, and I'll throw one more in there, that, that tight end they says so good. Bowers from Georgia. Right. Now, yeah. right. So my, my question here is looking is uh, – the number six pick. If if when you draft them, no matter what position it is, if it's a receiver, 
or a lineman or a quarterback, do you have to pay them different salaries? It's just what they what they uh, negotiate. It's the slot, Joe. The, the, the first guy gets a certain amount, and then they're slotted all the way down. Like the, it's very easy to do. Well, not easy, but it's, it's it's relatively easy to negotiate those contracts. Well, well what I'm getting at the, the is the position's irrelevant. If that's your question, the position yeah. is irrelevant. It's the yeah. slot that the guy's taking that matters, not what oh. position he plays on the field. Okay, mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter if he's a quarterback or Correct. whatever. Yeah, those well, days are what, gone. What, what I'm getting at is <laughs> too. I I I really think I, I'm I'm a toss up where. We definitely need a backup for for um, Daniel Jones mm-hmm. for sure, and uh, our backup there, Tyler there, he uh, he Taylor. seems yeah he 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 seems more than capable. You know what I mean of of doing the job, but would we save more money signing him for a couple years? or signing a, a quarterback there at that position. And then if we sign that quarterback at that position, if we could save money, we could use it, use that money like on a guard or something like that, or to uh, sign uh, our uh, safety or our uh, uh, running back. Well, Joe, That's what I'm getting at. you you know? you got to find out, number one, if you do want Tyrod Taylor back, you have to find out if he wants to come back and at what price. Mm-hmm. Well, you, that, just, you just don't know. Well, that, that, that's what I'm getting at, that they sh- they, they'll have time to talk to him about this. Sure. What, what, you know, and, but you think he's going to be, that's what I'm getting at, that you yeah. could, if you sign a quarterback there, you know that you like, you know, because you definitely uh, need it. Would would, it, would you save money there? You think if if you sign, if he can do the job too, that's what I'm saying. If no. you're you got to be like this quarterback. All right, Joe. We'll we'll let Howard answer. So, Th- thanks for the call. So basically, Joe, if, if if the the numbers would read basically like this, Tyrod's one of the highest paid uh, backup quarterbacks right now, I believe. So, mm-hmm. what what he's asking, what Joe's been asking, basically, is would we say would you save money? And and the answer is yes. You put a rookie a quarterback on a rookie contract. Uh, it's it's cheaper than you know signing Tyrod to the number he's going to get, and it's not nothing. I'm not bad mouthing or anything. Tyrod Tyrod deserves whatever he's getting because he's you know he's doing a good job uh, at quarterback. At, at if he could be a starter on some teams right now, probably. So depending on Tyrod and what Tyrod wants to do, what the coaching staff wants to do, and what and what Shane wants to do. If you get one of the guys, if one of your top targets at quarterback is there, you might pick him. But if one of your top targets at, at any other position is there, like I said, whoever the best player is at that moment, they're probably going to take. Or they would trade back. If they trade back a few spots and pick up a few more picks because, let's say, uh, Daniels falls to them at six, the, the, the quarterback from LSU, and they're like, okay, well, we really like him. Uh, but, you know, there's five teams calling us for, for Daniels. Well, you could hold out for ransom, right? <laughs> you can definitely hold that for ransom. Then you can move back a few slots and pick up another guy. Uh, but the ideal is is to try to get somebody in to you know to back up uh, Daniel. Potentially, maybe have to play the first couple of weeks or something like that because you, you want him healthy as possible when he comes back. You don't want to you don't want to put him out there and put him at risk. So that's what you're looking for. And yes, it would be cheaper. And if it's cheaper to bring somebody in from from the rookie class, then you can pay. 
a Saquon, a, a McKinney, or, or even bring a guard in that you were that, like you were saying there, Paul. Yeah, and we we have no idea if they decide to even go the veteran route. First of all, would they bring Taylor back, and and what price would he have? And then if they decided not to go there, mm-hmm. is there another available veteran? who could potentially maybe fill in. Like, look what happened with the Browns, Joe Flacco. Yeah, he just bailed them out. <laughs> yeah, this, he did. This guy got them to the playoffs. This guy is a, he can still, he can still, you know? he can still spin the ball. So, you know, there could be a variety of veteran options out there, too, mm-hmm. who might be able to help you out, given the situation. And they may or may not cost you a lot of money. You just don't know. Exactly. So, anyway, we go back to the uh, phones. Uh, Wilson and Roxbury, you're next on the program. Hello. Hey, my two buddies. Hey, Wilson. Hey, hey, Howard. Hey, Paulie. Hi. How you guys doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. I got something on the game real quick, and I got my five must moves, like uh, State of the Union. Five must moves. Okay. Oh, let's go. Five must moves. All right. Rattle rattle them off, and Howard will comment. Go ahead. You're going to like them. Listen, real quick on the game, you know, like in sports, more than anything, Eventually, everything levels off. They, they, you know, uh, uh, you know, the odds and everything they level out. Okay. And uh, and 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 it's, and it's happening. You know, the, the Eagles are getting older in front of our very own eyes. Uh, I think Jalen Hurts has hit a ceiling. He, what you see is what you get. And their depth. Remember, they used to kill us with depth. Uh, like the third string is from the Eagles could have started for the Giants three or four years ago. Yeah. That's no longer the case. That's no longer the case. Dallas has a lot of uh, salary problems, and they're going to have to make some hard decisions. So they're going to come back to the pack. And the Giants at Washington, they're going to level out. So, so it's going to be a fun, fun year next year in the NFCs. I really do believe it. And I think something else real quick, Howard, and if you agree with me on this, I think Daniel, Daniel still has another, another level that he can get to. Even though everybody's killing him, mm-hmm. I really do. I mean, I, Daniel, Daniel Jones, to me, is a top-10 quarterback, whether people like it or not. Okay. With, I don't know if you agree with me on that, Howard. But I, I, I think Daniel's ex- extremely talented quarterback. I think he's been the benefactor of a really poor offensive line play for a few yeah. years. So you know, the, yeah. I, I'm happy that that you know that he's that he's on the mend, and I'm pulling for him. Like I said, I've been telling everybody like, yeah. let's ease up mm-hmm. on. Oh, he'll be ready for game one yeah. because uh, that's a will. knee it, because it's a knee and. You just got to get ready to run on that and take hits on that. And right. he's a very physical guy, so I want him to be 100%. I'm, I'm pulling for him yeah. all the way. Yeah, they will not rush oh. him back. No, no way. 100%. He's got to be 100% and nothing else. Yep. All right, listen. And here, here go my five things, guys. Here we go. Okay, what listen, do you got? Number, n- number five. You cannot go into next season, into into next season, to like the, uh, you know, the training camp with Evan Neal as your right starting uh, uh, right tackle. I mean, he, he might be a good player. I don't know. We don't know yet, but but you got to have some some contingency plans. He cannot be penciling uh, as the right tackle next year. That cannot happen. Okay, okay. go ahead. That's uh, one. Number n- n- number uh, uh, number four. Um, I uh, you know uh, um, I say a sentence uh, under Wink. Obviously, you know whatever happens, Wink. I don't know, but he was starting to get his stride, and uh, he was starting to look like the top ten pick that he was. Mm-hmm. So somehow, if they can keep him, they'll be great. Okay. Okay. Um, Number num, number three. You meant McKinney, um, right? No, he said Simmons. Oh, Simmons. I'm sorry. I thought you said McKinney. My apologies. Uh, Go ahead. Foley. I think I think I say Simmons uh, towards the end started to look like the player that everybody. I got you. He, he, I you know what I, I, mean? I didn't hear uh, it correctly. Go uh, ahead. Uh, um, number three. 
Uh, Brian Dable, um, I was wrong about that Brian Dable anyway. I think he is a good coach because mm-hmm. he kept the team together. I was wrong, and I admit it. Okay. Uh, I, I think it's got, I think it's got to do what what uh, what McCarthy did in Dallas. I think it's got to take back, call his plays because uh, we don't. Uh, Giants fans don't want to hear anymore. Well, I want to. Uh, I, I, sh- I I need that play back. That that play back. No, mm-hmm. he's got to take control and then have an offensive coordinator. But he's got to make the final decisions and and the play calling. Okay. okay. Um, um, Number two. Uh, well, then I, guess I got four. I, I, then I only got four. And my last thing, <laughs> my, okay. my last thing is, if the Giants pick a, a quarterback number six overall, I think it's a huge mistake. But mm-hmm. if they do, if they do, they somehow they have to get a second or a third round. Daniel Jones cannot be here if they draft a quarterback number six overall, because you cannot sell to the fan base that that, that kid is going to sit behind Daniel. He, hmm. he can, he's got to start from day one. And you know what happens if he starts from day one and he goes two and two, three and one, and then you, and you, how are you going to sell that? How are you going to take that kid out and put Daniel in? How you sell that to the fans? It, it's impossible. It's an impossible situation, and, 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 and they, they, which I think is a mistake. But if they do, mm-hmm. Daniel cannot be here. And I love Daniel. Okay. All right, Wilson. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate it, Howard. Do you have any thoughts? So, first off, the Evan Neal thing. I think Evan Neal's going to have surgery this offseason, so he'll be full strength. I think he's been walking around either on a bad knee or a bad ankle for the last two years. I think also for that, you know, uh, for players like Evan that have co- go through college and never get injured, to have injuries. That's a big psychological <laughs> hurdle, too. It's not just you gotta, physical. you got to figure it out. So, like, you know, I think them, them finally convincing him to get his surgeries and stuff, I think he's going to look like a different player. Number – Three, I guess it would be since he only had four. Was what was number three? I know I, Simmons. 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 Uh, yeah, Isaiah Simmons. Can you keep Simmons in the fold? That that's that goes with all these other guys. They're, they're trying to yeah. trying, trying to sign. They got to find them. They got to find a way to to figure it out if if he's going to do. It. Simmons was a top ten pick when he when he was drafted. Yep. And he he can be a, a special player. Uh, it it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see if they are able to keep him and figure out a way how to you know uh, activate him into the defense number the next one was was coach Dayball uh maybe taking over the play calling not really sure that's like one thing he wants to do all the time i think he was happy with kafka uh last year i thought i thought they had some some really good games and as you can see uh, when you have games like the Eagles games twice, the Rams game, the team started to, to, to pick up a little pace when the offensive line got a little healthier. When Saquon's in the game, uh, it became like, okay, so you got to pay attention to it, and, and things got better. The last thing, if they were to draft a quarterback number six, uh, the, the theory that you have to put a quarterback in I- immediately, uh, there are two theories on it. Uh, the one is, do you let a guy sit and learn and watch or do you put him in automatically because you want him to play? If they draft a quarterback number six overall, he could sit for a year or two. Mm-hmm. And if he does, he'll be Jordan Love. Or he'll, he could be Aaron Rodgers. He could be Patrick Mahomes. Or he could go in automatically and start to play. And, and if he gets in there right away and he doesn't have success and you have to bring Daniel back in, that could be mentally disturbing for a kid. So I don't I don't agree that he has to play right away. It's not a it's not a fan base thing. It's a you run your team. You try to make sure you win as many games as possible. You put the best players out there that you possibly can, and you go from there. So I, I mean I don't know who they're going to draft at number six. It, like I said, it, it, like if they have a guy at number six that they really like, they're going to take him. If they if have a guy at number six that everyone else really likes and they don't really like him that much, 
they're gonna they're gonna ransom him off and they're gonna get some yeah, picks for him. Exactly. Yeah. So you might get you might get three picks for that number six pick. So you never know. The important thing, especially when you're at six, I mean, not that any first round pick doesn't have this caveat attached to it, but if you're going that high at six, you better believe that you're all in on that guy being being the real deal. You can't you can't pick him if you don't have total conviction that he's going to be the right guy for you. You don't pick him just because the fans or the media says <laughs> you got to take a position. Yeah, that, that, that just no. doesn't work that way. That's just foolish. And that's why we're in the stands and on the sidelines because we don't, <laughs> yeah. don't, that's not our job. <laughs> All right, 201-939-4513. We've got a little bit more left in the program. We go to Mike in Virginia. You're next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hey, Mike. Hey, how y'all doing today? Very good. Okay. Hey, uh... I called in last week before the uh, the Eagles game, and my point was uh, sloppy football loses games. And what we saw this past Sunday was us playing good football, good sound football, and it seems like on every level. And yeah. look what look what happens. Yeah, they've, and, uh, they've been trying to get to just, it all year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, hey, it's about time, <laughs> especially <laughs> against them. So hey, I mean, you're as good as your last game. Yep. I really appreciate the effort. That they they put out. Um, you never saw any quit in this team. It was just a lot of inconsistencies, like I said before. Mm-hmm. Um, moving forward with the draft, honestly, I mean, I'm okay with you. But what I do like that we have is we got a young center, two young tackles. So we're trying to build youth. I think we could keep Pew, uh, draft a draft another guard, uh, maybe maybe first, maybe second round, something like that. And then we have, uh, if we can, sign a free agent in that in that space. So we got some competition up there. Um, I do feel we need to re, uh, it, it's time to, you know, get off the pot or, you know, deal with Saquon, man. Uh, I want to keep him, you know, but um, you can't keep ta- dragging him along like this. That's not right. Uh, I'm just, just my opinion. You know, he means so much to the Giants mm-hmm. team, what he brings. Like, hey, man, stop, tra- stop, stop dragging him out like this and just, Sign the man or let him go about his business and get paid somewhere else. Yep. Um, uh, wide receivers, you know what? I, I liked what we were doing. Um, I, I'm, I'm tired of, I hate to call him this, Mr. Glass, um, Darren Waller. You know, it just seems like he, he'll make a good play and then he's hurt. And he'll come back, make a good play, and then he's hurt. I don't know what he needs to do, but, you know, want him a little bit more healthy. But he was making some good plays. And Wando Robinson showed what he can do when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, coming back from that, that knee was good to see. And, uh, you know, a lot of praise for Shep. I did not realize Shep was in that long. And uh, I really wish his career turned out a little bit different because uh, yeah. he was a big part. A lot of stuff that was going with Eli, he was he was his blanket. You know, I know he came in and um, he took, you know, when Cruz was going down, mm-hmm. he stepped in Cruz's spot. So, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of good stuff was going on out there, man. And, uh, hey, I'm, I'm happy we won. I hate the way the season played out. Um, I would like to resign McKinney if we can, you know, um, and just you know, not not go into uh, what, what do they call it, like um, free agent hell or money hell, <laughs> where you know we just toss the money out there. I think Shane is a little bit smarter than that. And um, hey, I'm, I am looking forward to next season. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Thanks for the call. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Our lines are open as we uh, entertain the final ten minutes of the program. Howard, just to reset. Uh, for the caller, because he mentioned Justin Pugh, there are three veteran interior offensive linemen who played this year. Uh, only one is still under contract. That's Mark Lewinsky mm-hmm. at guard. 
Uh, Pugh obviously only had a one-year deal because yep. he came off the couch, as we all know, to, <laughs> to, to help the Giants out this year and give them a lot of snaps mm-hmm. in the second half of the season. Uh, and then Ben Bredesen, who you know was competing in training camp and. You know, they were trying to figure out, well, is he going to be a center? Is he going to be a guard? Well, they mm-hmm. had JMS, and he won the starting center spot. Mm-hmm. And then they had a Zudu, but he got hurt. So Bredesen had to be the starting left guard. Bredesen does have versatility. Not that Pugh doesn't. Mm-hmm. But but these are two veterans now who are going to be unrestricted well, free agents. Pugh came in off the couch and wound up playing tackle. That's Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm so saying about it. He's got versatility. Yeah. So the point is... Um, of those three veteran offensive linemen who gave the Giants a lot of snaps this year, Glowinski's the only one who was still under contract okay. in 2024, just FYI. Okay. And I, I don't know how that will play into whatever they do in terms of depth mm-hmm. and, and keeping leadership in the, in the room. I, I, in Leadership in the room, I, I know. I, I think that Pew did something you know, intentionally or unintentionally that, that you know, fans don't really know about. Then he, he kind of gave uh, Andrew Thomas a voice. Right when he came in, you hear you hear Thomas talking about now mm-hmm. how he wants to have a bigger voice in the room. He wants to be you know a bigger presence in the room for his guys. He wants to be you know not just a Pro Bowl player, but he wants to be a leader in the offensive line and be room more vocal and be more he, vocal. He yeah, made that statement and, the and, other day. And I think that Pew was was the guy who kind of like showed him the way to be that to be that guy. Gave him a little push. Give him like, hey, well, let's let's go. Let's let's go out to dinner together. Let's let's start. Let's hang out together and start talking. And start being more ball, and you saw the the level of line play pick up. It was never great, but it picked well, picked way up from the first game to when Pew started coming in and started playing. So it, it just it looked a lot better. And I, I really feel feel that he had a, a real positive effect on on Thomas. So Thomas will be that veteran voice that's going to be in the locker room. To have a couple other guys on the interior would be great, but we're going to see. I don't know exactly who's going to wind up being the guy. Uh, I don't know how to ex- explain it, but, but you know, you say Glowinski's a guy with the contract, and nobody else really has a contract. I think Azudo still has a contract because he's in a, no, no. Um, I said of the three veterans. Oh, Azudo's a veteran. Three, young, he's a younger veteran. The three okay. older guys, the <laughs> okay. gray beards. Okay, okay the gray Bre- beards. Bredesen, Glowinski, and Pugh were the gray yeah. beards. Okay, well, the, the, uh, I think Azudo is coming off an injury. That's one. Yes, and so uh, is McKeithen. So it's McKeithen. Both guys will be coming off an injury, so that'll be interesting to see like what they're going to do. Uh, we don't know when they'll be healthy enough because they got injured later in the season. So that that'll be a be a, be an issue over the over the off season. So they'll be looking for healthy bodies as as well as as you know guys to come in. And you know when will these guys come off the quote unquote pup list when the, when the season starts, or will they be ready to go when the first first whistle is blown? So it'll be interesting to see. Then, then they had two backup tackles between Tyree Phillips, yeah. who got hurt right near the end of the season, and Matthew Pert, who finally made it back from being injured yep. and played against Philadelphia. Yeah. See, that, that's really one of the huge problems that the Giants are facing, is that they've got so many guys in that offensive line room. A which mass they, unit. They, yeah, they, they want to <laughs> increase the production there, but they got so many guys who are unknowns because of injury. You just they, don't they, know. They just got mastered. So, like, it, it's one one thing is to get healthy bodies, and hopefully they can stay healthy throughout the season. That's not, that's the whole thought on Neil. Got to get his knees and his ankles and everything worked on so he can get himself 100% healthy. You got uh, you, you see Pew with the, with the brace on his arm. Make sure he got to get him healthy. You, you got all these other guys with ankles and knees and everything that's going to go on. We got to see if somebody can be healthy enough to start because you can't go in the season with guys that got injured that late and expect them to be ready week one to play. One thing about Neil before we get back to the phone calls at 201-939-4513, I want to 
I know you've been asked this during the show before, Howard, but mm-hmm. I want to kind of put this to make it very definitive. Joe Shane has said he knows that Evan Neal needs to get better, and Evan Neal knows he needs to get better. Mm-hmm. He's got to get healthy first. Mm-hmm. But the fact that, that Joe Shane has said, look, I know he's got the ability to play tackling in, in this league because I've seen the tape, mm-hmm. I've seen his skills and mm-hmm. his talent, and I believe that that's where he's going to be. How important is that confidence pusher from the GM to a guy like Evan Neal who has been through so many ups and downs and in all honesty is still trying to find his game? I think it's great when someone gives you the vote of confidence, but it's also scary when someone gives you the vote of confidence. That's like the last... I always thought the vote of confidence is like, that's your last chance. You know, oh, you right? need I'm, to kiss I can give you the vote of confidence. <laughs> so, like, you try to stay away from the vote of confidence. You just try to go out and play and, and do the best you can. I think, you know, in his own head, I think he knows he, that he can play. Like I said, I got a chance to speak to him a couple times this year, and, you know, I'm like, hey, man, get get everything. It's, it's just like changing oil. Go get your oil changed. Uh, get your tires rotated and get yourself ready so you can get ready to give it your best effort. And that's all you can really do is just go out and give his best effort. I don't think he, I don't think he is happy with how he's played. You know, injured or not injured, he's just not happy the way he's been performing. So he's going to come back with a different, fresher attitude, fresher thoughts, and and hopefully totally healthy. And if he's totally healthy. You know, I'd be a little nervous to see what he's going to do when he starts out uh, in training camp, if they could get him in pass, actually, for practice. And, and we do yeah. know there'll yeah. be a new offensive line coach here. Okay, yeah, We don't absolutely. know who it's going to be, absolutely. but that's going to be another adjustment that he will have to deal with. Yeah, like somebody else teaching you how to do things and how to get through things. I mean, it, it's when people see offensive linemen play, if, if you never hear an offensive lineman name called, he's having a good day. But it, if, you, if you're if somebody's watching a game and they're calling a game and they're talking about this guy just mashed somebody – there are going to be some games where you're going to see like that that big fellow mash some guys into the ground in a in a run play. The problem is is that you want to see him mash some guys. You can't really mash them in the ground because that's considered holding in the pass game. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see that? So, but you, but it's you only see holding it. if they see it, Howard. Hey man, look, uh, uh, we we had some games this year, and I and I'm still amazed that that, that there was no holding, offensive holding called. Uh, we've had some games this year where there were no pass interference penalties called. I'm like. I'm like what is it? like it, it, you guys got to like you just got to know the refs you got to know who who you got that week because if they're not gonna call holding somebody's about to get their clothes taken off it's gonna be ugly out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> we we go to line two, Jay from Connecticut. You're next up, Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Hey, how Hi. you doing? Uh, past couple of games, uh, I, I know uh, Matt Parrott's been uh, getting in. Well, what's the take on them? I think he's, you know, coming back. Like, he was injured for a, a pretty good while. They had him on the mm-hmm. IR after he got off the IR. He played the last game. Yeah, he he, he, he finally got in there the last game. Um, and he kind of went in and out the game before because I think Phillips got dinged up a little bit. Right. But he came right, back right. and was able to finish. But, like I said, he's been here for a while. He's done a good job when he was in. Been a decent job when he was in. He's just getting better when he gets more reps. But the best ability is availability. you got to stay healthy. Uh, just curious, you know, thinking if uh, he might make it as a backup. Well, he right now he has. He's he's done a good job. When he's healthy, he's in, in, yeah. and available. <laughs> yeah, he can he can hang in there. Okay, guys, thank you. No problem. Thank you so much for the call. I think. Let me just confirm this now. Is he I, is he out for contract? <laughs> I, I I'm not sure. I think his contract is up. I'm just oh going to double check Lord. it here. Let me take a look. His contract is up. So he is a he is a free agent, and so 
uh, you know, you're going to have to, again, Addre- new offensive line coaches guy. coming in, and now you're going to have to address the situation. Yeah. A guy who, because of some bad, unlucky, unfortunate injuries, yep. has never truly been able to show you his wares. That's true. So, I mean, and yet you, you're going to have to make an evaluation. It's, it's, it's tough, believe me. It, like anytime, there's so many guys that, that it's like, it, it, uh, the problem is like a backup, trying to re-sign a backup, you got to give them so much more money. Yeah, and that that's that's just part of it. Like it's not like you're just giving the guy whatever. You just gotta give him a lot more money. Well, you know one one of the the, the problems, Howard, that I keep hearing from scouts and and even uh, assistant coaches over the last several years is that because the college linemen coming into the NFL, you know, they're they're taught different schemes and different mm-hmm. styles, and not not these guys these guys don't have their hands in the dirt very much. Nope. So forth and so on. So the crop that has to keep coming in to refresh the offensive lineman in the NFL has been getting smaller and smaller. Well, it, For guys who are at least kind of ready-made, let's put it that way. You, outside of the, 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 the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Michigans, the Wisconsins, uh, Notre Dames, where, where you know... The team, Ohio State's got some... Yeah, Ohio State, too. where you have guys that have their hand in the dirt and they run the ball a lot. That that That's one, that's one thing. You, you see teams that the more they're in... "Quote unquote shotgun, or, or they're not under center. When they're when you're under center, the moment you get you know under center, that means that the guys are all going to have their hand on the ground, mm-hmm. and it can't just be in third and one and third and two. It's got to be sometimes in the middle middle of the field. So right. coaches are the, the when I came in the league, they used to call it the uh, running was it run, wasn't run run and shoot offense. Now it's just, <laughs> yeah, now, now run it's and just shoot offense. Now it's just Mouse called, Davis. Remember? Yeah. Now it's now it's just spread. You know, like yeah. Yeah, so. That's it. And and high schools have have kids uh, training in seven on seven camps, and and they have quarterbacks and receivers and DBs and tight ends and running backs. They're doing this constantly, that because they they think that's where the game has evolved into. As you're doing that, and you're so focused on it. There is no real. I'm assuming there are, but there are no real like offensive line camps that you can go where you can compete and get better at things in D line camps where you can be, you can go train as an offensive lineman, mm-hmm. you can go train as a defensive lineman, but there are no moments where you're working out together and working on right. your skills together. So when when it comes down to the league, we see more and more talented skill position players, but the offensive linemen specifically have the hardest jump. Because if you're not in an offense or a dynamic offense in college where you got your hand in the dirt or you're in your two-point stance where you're learning to work with guys and move and having to go to the second level or pull, it's hard to come up to the league and all of a sudden just start doing that. You can be the most massive guy on the planet, yeah. but you may not be able to go backwards. No doubt. All right, so it's, it's going to be it's going to be a big jump. All right, he is at Howard Cross 87. I am at Giants WFAN. That'll do it for today's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. We are here every weekday mm-hmm. from 12.30 p.m. to 1.30 in the afternoon. Give us a call at 201-939-4513. Jot that number down. Uh, you can also catch the archive of this program and our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcast. Again, Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by Cadillac. We'll see you next time. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. 
Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 